Hello, everybody, and welcome in to another episode of the Couch GM's podcast. It is Tuesday, January 10th, 2022. I'm your host, George Kurt, joined by Cody Roadcap and Tyler Snyder. Guys, the uh, the fantasy season, the regular season is over, but the playoffs are coming. How are you guys feeling? I'm not defeated. Defeated. It was uh, a rough I'll Sunday take night. My, I'll take my bye week and run, I guess. I'll take my bye week and run. I'm the only one in the playoffs. Yeah, rub Can't it in, the George. First episode after the Eagles lose. That's going to be a fun episode now. Oh, I know. I just totally jinxed myself right there, but I'll take what I can get. Um, <laughs> on today's show, we're going to take a look back at the fantasy season, though. We're going to hit some NFL news and notes first, and then we are going to break down the season with our fantasy end of season awards. Make sure you find us on all our social media channels at the Couch GMs, and you can join our Discord chat to talk to us at any time. The link is in the description of the video or podcast you're watching or listening to. All right, guys, let's just jump right in NFL news. NFL news will start off with an update on Damar Hamlin, who we got great news on Monday. He was released from the hospital in Cincinnati and returned back home to Buffalo. And I actually just want to share one of the fun stories I heard was he set off a bunch of alarms to his nurses in uh, in the hospital on Sunday after that opening kickoff return for a touchdown by the Bills. By uh, So I, I think that was just already news to hear that he was doing so much better. And uh, now it's good to see that he has finally been released from the hospital. Yeah, it's a miracle. <laughs> for sure. It's, it's worth noting that he, he's being transferred. So he's still going to be in a Buffalo hospital getting monitored. Uh, but this is a huge step to be able to I believe this means he'll be out of ICU. I don't want to 100% confirm that. So that's good. He's still making process. He's going to be monitoring, jumping up and down, cheering on his boys. Um, and honestly, I hope to see him back on the sidelines. Not, I don't think we'll see him playing this year, but I'd love to get DeMar out there for a potential matchup, even if it is a 2-3 matchup against the Bengals in a couple weeks. But one week ago, we were Tyler and I were recording this podcast, George a little bit under the weather, and – an hour after we were done, we had to have the conversation to even post this podcast because we watched a guy almost pass away on the football field. And it really struck a core. It brought the it brought everybody together. Like they're talking about this on the Today Show, like every morning talk show, like brought everybody together. And we and we don't need more of what happened to Mar Hamlin, but we need more of that bringing everybody together. Um, so congrats to Demar for pulling through. He definitely is a fighter. Um, and thanks again to the medical staff, the training staff of the UC Cincinnati for taking care of DeMar Hamlin. Yeah, I mean, absolutely amazing. I, I've never seen uh, unity quite like that before. Um, but, you know, on a, a little bit of a less serious note, one thing that the DeMar Hamlin situation did bring out was a change to the fantasy playoffs. And as we said a thousand times, it the fantasy was not important. Um, but we did have to go through week 18. There was some fantasy championships up, uh, in the air. So, you know, this guys, I was just wondering how did, uh, week 18 matchups go for you guys with the decisions that were made? All my week 18 matchups didn't happen. They just took the final scores from week 17, which was my preferred way to do it. So I still finished in week 17. Yeah. All the matchups that I was involved in, um, all were basically decided before that Monday night game. So they kind of did take our advice and just kind of go with how it was projected to go out. Um, 
but I do know that there was a couple like our league of record had a championship game that went to a DFS showdown. I know there was another league that my girlfriend was in that uh, did as well. So it was interesting to see all the different scenarios that went down in week 18 when it came to, you know, every situation was different. You know, shout out to, I forget the name on TikTok, so I apologize, but shout out to the most couch GM way I saw it uh, championship uh, figured out was they just ran a Madden sim of the Bengals chiefs game. And they took the points. Like, I was like, you know what? That's hilarious. That, that that's what they, they end up doing. Like that is like the most couch GM way of fantasy championship. Now, so I'm glad some leagues had some fun. Both teams or is it literally just a computer sim? It was literally just leave the controller in the middle setting, press AAA. And they're just sitting there watching the computer sim again. <laughs> like it was, it was a great TikTok and congrats to i again i apologize i should have your name just so people can look it up but that was that was pretty fun yeah i will say a close friend of mine did lose a fantasy championship because the commissioner decided to just take the points as is and call it a day he lost by one point having joe burrow and jamar chase the other guy was done and he lost by one point commissioner said nope that's it that's done that's how we're finishing it uh and that entire league has now broken up because of it, because of the civil war that has gone back and forth. So hopefully more stuff like that has not happened out there. I will say that in a league, uh, in one league that I run, we did do, you know, the DFS lineup in another league. I run, um, I let my opponent choose cause I was in the championship and they chose week 18 points. Um, poor decision. I won. So guys, I am a fantasy champion this year. I'm, I'm a podium. Congrats. I, I was, I mean, you were in the most league, so I feel like up. you had the yeah. most chance to win. Oh, don't be, don't be bringing that. Don't be bringing that. Come on now. You, you had the most shots at the percentage than you. Yeah. Know. <laughs> I yeah, made the I, playoffs in more leagues than you did, uh, percentage wise. Yes, he did. Yeah. And as you probably. said, if you were to listen to your own uh, start sit advice that you posted on the website instead of listening to others, you would have done a little better, but. <laughs> Yeah, pro- I don't even remember how many playoffs I was in. To be honest with you, it's I'm, been I'm, a long, a long grind since the yeah. I'm I'm looking forward like. to the off season. I'm not no, gonna lie, we're looking forward to the NFL playoffs because we still got playoff challenge coming up, which I can even throw right into here at the top, even though it's not this part of the rundown yet. We are running an NFL playoff challenge group, so make sure you guys go and join that. We're going to be drafting our Couch GM's team on our Friday show, so make sure you come back for that as well and see if you can beat us and our individual teams. So, little teaser there. Yeah, guys, if you're wondering what the playoff challenge is, since we're just throwing it out there and not giving any explanation, uh, the playoff challenge is something run on NFL.com, and the way that it works is each week you get to pick a team. Week one uh, of the playoffs, you will pick any players that are in the playoffs at all. Uh, That includes people that are on bye as well. If the team um, that the player is on wins, then they get double points in week two. If they win again, they get triple points in week three, quadruple points for the Super Bowl. Uh, so you can pick a player that doesn't play in week one and be automatically guaranteed they have double points in week two. That is a strategy. Um, you got to be careful picking people on teams you don't think are going to win a game. Um, I mean, just for example, we don't think the Jags will probably win or go too far. So you don't might not want Travis Etienne because he'll probably be out after week one. You don't get those multipliers. So that's how it works. And then whoever finishes the most points at the end of the playoff challenge wins. Yeah. And one last thing, if you join ours, which we hope you do, 
uh, please don't make it like Tina's totally cool picks. Like we don't know who Tina is. So make sure you use your, either your full name or your Instagram handle or your Twitter handle. So we can connect with you because as of now, the plan is to, if you can beat the couch DMS and that is a big, if, uh, yeah, to, okay. <laughs> yeah, no, Hey, come on. You're I'm not trying to get us. Let's go. Uh, you get, to, we're going to invite you on the show, talk a little smack, talk about what your decisions were. Uh, and depending on how many people we get to sign up, so share it with your friends, get more people involved. We might add some more prizes in there. So again, that's the NFL fantasy playoff challenge. I think that's a good wrap for that one. We have some coaching news to hit really quick here. Uh, so this Monday in the NFL is known as black Monday. It's normally where you see the most coach firings. There were three of them on this Monday. Uh, the Panthers fired head coach Matt. Nope. That this is before I am reading it backwards. There were two on Monday. My bad. Uh, the Texans fired Lovey Smith and the Cardinals fired Cliff Kingsbury, as well as their head, their GM stepping down. Uh, they add on to the three that happened before this week, which is the Panthers firing Matt rule, the Colts firing Frank Reich and the Broncos from the other week firing Nathaniel Hackett. So we have five head coach openings as of now in the NFL. I'm going to leave it at those five for my question to you guys, which is the most uh, enticing opening which one do you think that coaches would want to go to the most okay you know originally i would say broncos originally because i do think they have the best roster um i just don't think it was a well-coached team I, I think after the nathaniel hackett firing the broncos did step up but i was listening to um an analyst somewhere that was talking about how sean payton is potentially being looked at for the broncos and they said why would he want to go there like, yeah, they got a good roster, but you're talking about a team that is locked into their quarterback after he looked really bad this year. Um, long term, like you have no way of getting out of that contract unless you are cutting half your roster because of the cap penalties you're going to take. And they have no first round pick. They would have a really early draft pick this year if they didn't make the trade. But instead, the Seahawks have that draft pick. So you're talking about a team with a bad quarterback situation, no first round pick, not a great situation. Originally, that's where I would pick. Um, so now I would say either the Colts or the Cardinals, um, I would probably go with the Colts though. I think that they have a great defense. I, they have the running back. I feel like, you know, one more wide receiver and finally locking in that quarterback you need, you got a solid team in a really garbage division. Um, I think that is probably the best, uh, landing spot for me right now. Yeah, I I was I don't I think the Cardinals are right up there with the Broncos. Like you're locked into Kyler Murray. So like unless you get a guy that's going to come in and buy in with Kyler Murray, um and it is reported that he's going to have a say in the next head coach, which is surprising cuz not all quarterbacks get that, but at the same time you need a guy that he can gel with to really take the Cardinals to the next step. Uh the Colts are the most in, actually I think the Texans if you took out all their off the field drama would be the most enticing with all the draft picks they're getting back from Travis or from the Deshaun Watson trade, but they fired their coach after one year, three straight years. And what coach wants to go there? Like, like I know that this one is kind of like, all right, we're going to go for a young guy, build them with this young team. But like you have Lovey Smith gone, David Collie was gone. And I don't even remember the coach. And I, that's no offense to that guy, but I don't remember the coach before. Uh, was that Bill O'Brien? No, that wasn't who's was Bill O'Brien and, David David Colley. Good luck figuring that one off the top of your head. Yeah. Um 
But th- I think the Colts are really interesting, and I do love that Lovey Smith went for two and was like, look, this team wants to win. And I hate that he was after the game, and he said, I absolutely think he's going to be back next year. And like four hours later, he was let go. And I think the Texans are going to get what they deserve because I think the Colts are going to trade with the the Bears and jump them for the number one pick. So Lovey Smith would have essentially cost them the number one pick. They fired him, and they're and they're going to the Colts will jump them for a quarterback, and that'll be a fun division rival. And I agree with Tyler. I think the Colts have the most intriguing option as long as they commit to a young quarterback and are in the let's try to get Tom Brady, let's try to get Aaron Rodgers. Let's see what we can salvage from Derek Carr. Let's bring in Jimmy Garoppolo. Like, just don't get a stopgap. Go young. Let a young guy come in. Build that team. They have some young pieces. Colts are the most interesting one. I agree. All right, just to clear it up before I wrap the Texans up here, uh, it was Bill O'Brien before David Culley, so it was just three straight years of firing a head coach, not after one season. Um, I wasn't sure either, but that explains it. Um. Anyway, yeah, for everything you said about the Texans, I agree. They still have a lot of growing to do, and they have to deal with the Brandon Cooks situation and all that. If Brandon Cooks was locked in, that's a cornerstone piece. I think that would help bring a coach in, but now you don't know if he's going to be there past this offseason. Um, I like the Cardinals situation if you're somebody who can run an offense that Kyler Murray fits, um, because then you're getting a veteran quarterback that can kind of give you a boost right off the bat. But there's going to be a lot of head coaches that don't fit that scheme or don't believe in that kind of quarterback that are going to struggle to fit into that situation. Um, So I'm going to go with you guys as well. It's got to be the Colts because you can bring in your guy. You already have a solid base around him and it'll fit the widest range of coaches to go in there and say, I want this guy in the draft and you go with it. All right. And then also uh, just some other head news uh sean mcveigh is going to take some time to see if he wants to return or take a break uh i guess to technically retire uh, but he said he doesn't think he's done coaching he just wants to know if he's kind of burnt out because he started so young it's been a lot for him um and then bill belichick is expected to return for his 24th season with the patriots um and let's see if he gets some coordinators this time uh with matt patricia putting up another you know pretty poor play calling performance on a game that they needed to win to get in. So I want to go back to the Sean McVay thing. Cause I've seen some negative stuff flying around. Uh, a lot of people are saying that Vay wants to take a break because he doesn't want to go through the Rams rebuild. That is completely inevitable. Um, do you think that it's just like, he doesn't want to do it and tarnish his reputation. Do you think he is burnt out and there's nothing to it? Where are you guys at? I mean, you got to remember there was talks of Sean McVay retiring last year as well. Like this isn't the first we're hearing of this. A a lot of people are only thinking of this here. It's easy to forget that he said it last year too, because you know, he ended up staying, but they weren't going through a rebuild this year. At least they didn't think they were. They still had Cooper cup. They still had uh, Matt Stafford. They still had that awesome defense. Like they still thought they were going to win this year. And yet McVay was talking about stepping down last year before they even won the Super Bowl. Um, So, I think it's been kind of on his mind for a while. I think it is more of a burnout thing than it is a doesn't want to go through a rebuild thing. Um, But the fact that this is two seasons in a row of him talking like, I might leave, maybe not. Like, he's becoming the Brett Favre of head coaches. I I either stick with your guns, say you're going to play and keep going, or take the break you need. Stop giving the run around because the players, the fans, 
uh, the organization as a whole deserves better than that. I the only thing I'll say to that though is I'm okay with Sean McVay taking the time he needs because is there's not a better option out there than Sean McVay. Like I think the the and I don't think he's like I think if he commits he 100% commits. Like I I don't think he's a guy that's gonna like you know have one foot in one foot out the whole season. If he's like I'm back, he's all in again. And I think it's just realizing and remember he did just get married uh, last off season, uh, so like that was a big factor into it last year. Like taking some time to be the family. Obviously, he's gonna still be around football, doing some TV if he so chooses. Uh, so I I actually think good. Like I think sometimes we forget that these coaches put on put in ungodly hours and sometimes like burnout's a real thing and take the time you need to figure out what is best and i trust that sean mcveigh will make the best decision and if he does decide to stay that it's not well i'll retire and he might he might think of it again next year but he's 100 percent committed for the 2023 season yeah i think that uh like i get what you're saying i, I totally do i do think he is the best option there so you kind of want to give him the time because you hope that he returns but you also got to think there's not a ton of like every year we kind of have like this guy should be a head coach next year. This guy could be a head coach next year. I don't feel like we have as many of those rumors out this year and we have a lot of head coaching options. So uh, our openings. So the fact that he is taking the time, like what if they miss out on someone good? Like you're kind of screwing over your organization by saying like, yeah, I need some time to think, wait until everybody else has their head coach signed. And then like, okay, yeah, I decided I'm going to leave. And then next thing you know, the top candidates are gone and you're stuck with whatever's left. Um, And that's kind of an unfair thing to do to the Rams organization. At least that's what, how I feel about it. I feel like if you're burnt out, take, take your time you need, but do it. Like, Stop thinking about it. Stop putting it off. If you were thinking about doing this last year, you're thinking about doing it again this year. Obviously, you need it. Just do it. Uh, like, I don't see what's holding him back. But then again, it's kind of hard for me to put myself in his shoes because none of us have ever been in his shoes. Right. And I, I disagree with your take on – I think there's a lot of good candidates this year, and there's going to be a lot of guys that don't get hired. Like, they can they can sign Eric Bieniemy at the very end because we know he's not going to get another job. For some Which dumb is reason, just insane. Still, yes. Like he'll be, he'll be there four years ago, right? Like so, there'll, there'll be options. And I mean, same thing. Like nobody thought the Eagles wanted Nick Sirianni. Yeah, there's going to be he one the, of those, at least. Yeah. So. There's always and there's only always five openings as of now too, which I feel like is low. I think we're normally at eight or nine. Yeah, I think we're. I think we're kind of low too. Only two people fired on Black Monday or during the season, I think is pretty wild. But that's enough head coaches, and we can talk all offseason about uh, what happens and projecting teams. Uh, real quick, just some injury updates for the fantasy matchups this coming week. Uh, the Chargers, who are set to face the Jaguars. Uh, Mike Williams got injured uh, when the Chargers decided to play their starters despite not being able to change their seating at all. Um, good news is the MRI came back clean um, day to day with the contusion. Um, and then Jalen Hurts, bruise. fancy word for bruise. Jalen Hurts uh, dealing with soreness, which is expected after not playing uh, for a couple weeks and really not even throwing until like three days before the game. Uh, so 
soreness, but should be good to go after the bye. And the Eagles need them because this team is still struggling. They almost allowed to come back with Davis Webb and Kenny Galladay, which you probably forgot about. Um, and then with Galladay can catch passes. Who knew? Hey, he caught his first touchdown as a giant, which was great to see. Um, and then Two it is worth, in. worth noting that we uh, we mentioned it on last week's episode. There is some funky stuff with the playoffs. Uh, if it were to be a Bills Chiefs game, it would be played at a neutral field, and that's for the AFC Championship. I don't understand how this rule doesn't apply to if it's Bills Bengals. Um, I don't understand the coin flip. Shout out to Joe Mixon. That was an incredible celebration. Uh, the NFL is doing some wonky things, and that is a great case of one of them. I I would say I disagree with how this is handled. Um, I think the Bills had the shot at the number one seed if they would have beaten the Bengals. Since that game was a no contest, you basically handed the number one seed over to the Chiefs. I feel like because the Chiefs got gifted a number one seed, that the Bills no longer had a chance to win. If it came down to AFC Championship Bills versus Chiefs, it should be played in Buffalo. Like the Chiefs got the bonus of having a first round bye. The Chiefs should have the bonus of getting home field advantage. Um, but that's just my personal opinion. Um, it hey, is what I, it is. My opinion means I, nothing. Well, no, technically, I, I think though, that's a valid point. The the Chiefs winning out the way they did, it wouldn't have even mattered what the result of Bills Bengals was, if I'm not mistaken. The no, Bills that's not true. If the Bills won both, they controlled so their the own Bills destiny. Okay, the Bills controlled it. So I'm mixing that up. My bad. Yeah. When it comes but, to not throwing Cincinnati into there, it's because Cincinnati didn't control their own destiny and the Chiefs won out. The Bills would have had the tiebreaker on Cincinnati. Like, so it would, if it would have been Chiefs Bengals with the way it fell, it wouldn't have mattered if the Bengals beat the Bills. The Chiefs would have still been the one seed. That's why they're not involved in the neutral field situation. Yeah. The, the Bills and the Chiefs both are the Bills and the Bengals both beat the Chiefs this year, but the Bills, or the Bengals had one extra loss. They needed Kansas City to lose to get the one yep. seed. But if they would have beat the Bengals, or if the Bengals would have beat the Bills in that game, and it, they would be the two seed and the, this divisional round, assuming they both win, would be in Cincinnati. But because it somehow went to the game was a no contest, that's why I don't understand the reasoning to putting that game, the championship, at a neutral field, but not the divisional round. Why is that not a coin flip? Is your question? I got you, and that is a great yeah. point. Yeah, it's. I don't understand the rule. Like, why are we like somewhat catering to this? Like, again, I understand it's an unprecedented situation, but like if. No contest means the game stand by win percentage, and this is how it fell. Then the Chiefs get it. It shouldn't be a neutral field for just that game, but then there's other games that are question mark. Just like I didn't understand the would have been a coin flip if the Ravens won. Like too much. The Ravens would have had a shot to win the division. Was the reason? I don't know. It's it is all like hypothetical. You don't know. Yeah, and because we don't know, I mean. But we can only speculate as much as we want and give our opinions. But, you know, if you have an opinion on the situation, what you think should have been done, shouldn't have been done, let us know. Uh, we'd love to hear from you. Uh, okay, guys, real quick before we jump into our last segment of the day, uh, just rapid fire so we have it uh, as proof. What's your projected Super Bowl matchup right now heading into the playoffs? I'll answer on the next episode. Because I, I haven't really looked at the brackets. Yeah, that's why. Off the top of your head, let's go. Boom. Who do you got? AFC, NFC, pick one. 
All right, I have Chiefs versus 49ers. Do I announce the winner too? Is that what you're trying to tell me to do? Sure, why not? All right, Chiefs. I'm just winging it. Chiefs, all right. I have no idea. <laughs> I literally said, I'll tell you next episode. It's called a tease. Now, teases suck. Nobody wants a tease. We want instant gratification. Look, this is this is the end of a movie that you know there's going to be a part two. How about you give an answer off the top of your head now, but if you want to change it for next week, you can. Fine. I'll do that. I will say Bills beat the 49ers. Yeah. Yeah, I like the Bills a lot. Uh, My realistic one is 49ers beat the Bills Super Bowl. I think the 49ers are arguably the best team in all of the playoffs that's you know up for debate but um especially with brock purdy at quarterback but that one's up for debate but just for the sake of fun keep the things different uh i'm gonna go with Bengals beat the cowboys for the super bowl all right so now that you asked a rapid fire question i'm gonna ask just you a rapid fire question and i'll answer it too since the titans and the packers were eliminated in their playing game in Mm-hmm. terrible fashion who is your playoff team that you're rooting for this year playoff team that i'm rooting for uh probably the 49ers I, I, jo- I really like that 49ers team i mean brandon Ayuk. you got brock purdy's kind of fun to watch you got christian mccaffrey george kittle's amazing that defense is stacked uh there's such a fun team to root for uh on in the afc I want the Bills to win one just because they have never won one. My biggest thing is if my team's out, I want to see a team that's never won it before win, which is kind of funny that I mentioned the 49ers, but they're just a fun team. Um, But I would love to see a new team that's never won it before. Uh, The other team that I'm rooting for, though, is Dolphins. I I really like the Dolphins this year. I think they're another fun team. I think they have zero shot. They will be eliminated first round, but um, I think they're fun. I'm joining the the Houday bandwagon for January. I like the Bengals as well. They're, yeah, they're they're definitely up there in my tops. I actually have a lot of teams I like in the playoffs this year, which usually it's like, yeah, I want everyone to lose is kind of what I want. The AFC um, side especially, I feel like I can look at the field and say four or five teams. I'm like, I like them a lot. I wouldn't mind any, any of those five winning, and that's, yeah, very unusual. The really mean side of me just wants a hashtag we them boys to win it all. Let's well, just say there's two teams on the NFC side. We're like, going to not we're gonna get that far. On. And like, yeah, they, they play, they play each other this week. So I guess you can figure out who that is. Yeah. We're going to move on. Let's hit some end of season fantasy awards. All right, guys. So we did this at the mid season mark. We're going to be hitting some of the same exact awards here for end of season. We had some biggest surprise, biggest disappointment, waiver wire out of the year fantasy playoff hero and our fantasy MVP for the year. I could go through this if I wanted to, but I feel like this is the job best suited for Tyler, Mr. Game Show host over here. So why don't you start <laughs> announcing some of our candidates for biggest surprise? All right. So our biggest fantasy surprise of the year, our nominees include Josh Jacobs, running back three drafted 48th overall Devonte Smith, wide receiver nine on the year drafted 91st overall. Christian Kirk, wide receiver 13, drafted 98th overall. Christian McCaffrey, he stayed healthy. That's crazy. 
No one expected that one. That's the biggest shock of the year. I don't care what you say. Jamal Williams, <laughs> running back 15, overall 145. And Tyler Lockett, wide receiver 13, but drafted 108. So, boys, that is our nominees. Do you want to give a little debate, little talk? Are we just announcing the awards? What are we doing here? All right. I, I'll say a little thing about the nominees. One, I think you mentioned stay healthy for Christian McCaffrey, but like how much that trade changed his outlook also was such a huge – because we were talking about Christian McCaffrey as, yet again, another bust this time, albeit he was staying healthy, but he just wasn't the guy we – we're hoping for he wasn't the healthy Christian McCaffrey. And he went to San Fran and he's like, guys, I'm still CMC. Don't worry. And then the other guy I want to mention is Devonta Smith. How he got to wide receiver nine kind of blows my mind because I feel like his consistency rating is fairly low. Uh, he had some big games and then he had some no shows. Uh, congrats to him to getting receiver nine. Yeah, I'll give a little shout out to Jamal Williams. I mean, nobody expected him to do anything this year. Uh, he was a backup running back. We thought DeAndre Swift was finally going to take that step forward. Now, Swift did look good to start, got hurt, and then just never came back fully. Um, Jamal Williams was a solid running back in there in the middle when uh, you know DeAndre Swift was injured, but Williams was putting up points all year long. I mean, the dude put up. So many touchdowns. He broke Barry Sanders' Lions touchdown record, which is not something I ever thought would happen. Um, shout out to the boy. That That is absolutely awesome. And the guy that I threw on this list um, is Tyler Lockett. I mean, not only did nobody think he would do anything in the beginning of the year, albeit the Seahawks, nobody thought would do anything this year. Did you guys hear Geno Smith had uh, broke the Seahawks passing yards franchise record? He broke all of Russell Smith's. Or Russell Smith. Wow. Russell Wilson's passing yards records. Can you believe that? He probably, yes. probably said he played like Russell Smith at times this year. So I can't. It's hard to believe because of what we did. Um, but I will say when you see records being broken, like obviously congrats to Jamal doing that. Congrats to Geno Smith doing it. That this is the, the 17th game. He's, he's going to say it. Yep. The 17th game. Like, I'll give them credit, but you know Russell Wilson never played a full seventeen games, so that's true. But at the same time, if you came into the season said, "Do you think Geno Smith can do in seventeen what Russell Wilson did in sixteen? I would have said, "No, no shot." No, I think it would take Geno Smith twenty games to do what Russell Wilson's done. Uh, I think that's a valid point. Terrible, like so. I think he's super impressive. Um, but anyway, Tyler Lockett got really off track. So Tyler Lockett, uh, not only did we not think he would do anything in the beginning of the year, but all year long, not only you guys, but pretty much every fantasy football outlet out there said, yeah, but he's going to slow down. Yeah, but it's not uh, reliable. Yeah, but something's going to happen. Yeah, but nothing. The dude was consistent and solid all year long outside of injuries. Uh, finished his wide receiver 13, had double-digit points pretty much every single week. Um, an honest stud. So I just want to give a shout out to him. I was definitely very critical of Tyler Lockett, and I still feel like it's not real when I see Tyler Lockett was wide receiver 13, and they were down through a full season, and he did the entire year. But uh, I am going to give Tyler just a bit of credit before we announce our winner, and I had to talk about Josh Jacobs, who we were all down on. Tyler was the one person who was like, I'll take Josh Jacobs. You want to slide this far? And 
he went to bat for him multiple times in the preseason and look at that. He went back to his first round form running back three. I didn't see it coming. I didn't. I, and that Raiders team around him also was awful. And if you would have told me how bad the Raiders are going to be and he would still be running back three, I'd be impressed. And here we are. He did it. Congrats. Yeah, nobody thought he would do rushing. it. And yeah. led league in rushing. Yep. Derrick Henry couldn't put up 200 yards in the final game again. It just it didn't happen. No, honestly, nobody thought he would do it. One, because they didn't think he was good enough. And two, because they drafted a rookie running back behind him that everybody thought would take over the job, and it just never happened. Plus, the Raiders in the beginning of the season were kind of like, we kind of want to get rid of Josh Jacobs. I mean, he played in the Hall of Fame game. I mean, you don't play starters in the Hall of Fame game. You just don't. So we all they honestly still he would be might. benched, but... They still might get rid of Josh Jacobs too. There's no guarantees going back to Vegas. Yeah, he is like. he is a free agent. And just to give you a record, I had him as RB twenty five when we did our rankings to start the season. Wow. Yeah. She had him at twenty three, so you weren't too far off. No, Snyder, you had him at twenty one. So he was still the highest, but he still superseded all our expectations. But I think we've talked about everybody but the winter winner. So if you can remember who it is, you know, but you want to uh Give a shout out and reveal the winner as he looks yes. for a prop. Yes, I got to have a prop because I, I don't, nothing's written on it, but I mean, let's, it feels like an award show. So, <laughs> way to just ruin it before you even showed the fake. I mean, I'll show the empty card if you want, but <laughs> all right. And the winner of fantasy biggest surprise of 2022 is don't pull Steve Harvey. Devontae, oh, no, sorry. I didn't mean to say Devontae Smith, guys. I didn't mean to say it. It's right here on the card. On the card, you can see it right here. It says Christian Kirk. Christian Kirk has won the award. Biggest surprise in 2022. He was one of those wide receiver ones in the you know preseason that were like, oh, yeah, he has a chance to you know break out. He got all that money, but all he did was inflate the wide receiver market because he's not worth that big contract, and he's still the Jaguars. They were bad last year. He went out and proved it as well as the rest of his team. I think, you know, it's funny with the Jags being in the Titans division. You'd think I would follow the Jags a little more, but I think Cody and I weren't really following the Jags at all. But I remember a, an episode in midseason that we were doing that uh, George w- or I asked the question. I was like, do you think we uh, play Christian Kirk? Do you think he's a potential flex play? And I think George was the one that was like, dude, Christian Kirk is like wide receiver three on the season right now. Like, yeah, you play Christian yep. Kirk. He's great every week. I was like, I'm sorry, what? It was so stunning. Like, I just didn't follow. Like, even when he was doing good, nobody cared. And nobody cared all season long. You snagged Christian Kirk. Dude, you got a hell of a deal out of it. So, fantasy, biggest surprise. Christian Kirk, congratulations. Now to bring the notes down a little bit. It is time for our biggest disappointment of the year. Um feel free to boo cry throw some things i made a tiktok about one of these guys being such a disappointment so um it's it's a tough list but so our nominees for biggest disappointment of the year are debo samuel finished wide receiver 34 jonathan taylor finished running back 30 deandre swift finished running back 24 Alvin Kamara did finish running back 17, but that's thanks to a strong finish. Disappointment all year long. Aaron Rodgers, A.A. Ron, uh, finished quarterback 15. 
And Kyle Pitts, the man we really want to love, but it just he keeps doing it to us. He uh he broke ten twice. That's it before his week eleven injury. So you know a lot of disappointing guys on here. Uh, who who do you got? Who who's your disappointments? Man, there were plenty of times where like those two ten point games from Kyle Pitts made me look so dumb because every time I thought I had the leverage behind me to be like, oh yeah, Kyle Pitts is the biggest bust ever. You don't have to play him. Everyone else at the tight end position stunk and he broke 10 and it's like, yeah, here we go. So I think like he's, he was the thorn in my side before his injury, but he was just awful. And the draft stock you put into him at the position to get nothing was just awful. Yeah, I, I agree. It was awful, but like you mentioned, the whole tight end, position was bad so like you could argue darren waller could be on this list mark andrews could be on this list for the same exact reasons they had a little bit better seasons but they were it was just a bad season for tight ends um jonathan taylor number one overall pick super big disappointment only played in 11 games how much does that take a factor of it too um and then uh, since i'm the packers fan of course i'm gonna have to defend aaron Rodgers, and we're gonna talk a lot of aaron Rodgers with rogers watch coming up in the coming weeks uh but QB 15 was, you know, maybe like two or three spots about where he was being drafted. Like he was a guy that was borderline not even draftable this year because of the loss of Devontae Adams. You were just so uncertain. Um, so it is a disappointment because he was the back-to-back MVP and didn't have a, a game over 300 passing yards, which is kind of crazy in today's NFL. Uh, but I think there are some better candidates out there. But Tyler, unless you have something to say. I will say – just a couple honorable mentions here. A couple honorable mentions. Uh, first would be quarterback Tom Brady. I mean, I don't think any of us expected Tom Brady to be this bad uh, this year. A downfall coming short, but he still had all of his healthy receivers and still struggled. It was bad. Um, Hope you played him in week 17, though. Still finished as QB 12, so t- or, or, so technically a top uh, Of course, QB, QB 12 finished 12, yeah. Uh, some other honorable mentions real quick here. Uh, we do have Javante Williams. It was injury-related, but still first-round pick that did not play. That's tough. Najee Harris uh, saved himself a little bit with a strong second half. However, he was still running back 15, even with a strong second half. He was ADP of 7. Uh, so that's definitely a big hit. Um, but guys, that is it for my honorable mentions. And the winner. The biggest disappointment of 2023 is it's Jonathan Taylor guys. It's, I mean, it's obvious. I get Cody's argument with the whole, he only played 11 games and, but like you took him first overall, he was first. He was the closest to the unanimous first overall that we've seen in fantasy in years, I think. Um, And just the fact that he didn't play games, he did struggle for a big stretch in the middle of the year when he was playing still, Running back 30, that crippled so many teams. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely difficult. Uh, Jonathan Taylor, it was just disappointing from the start. Uh, he gave you maybe two games that you were like, hey, finally, it's a Jonathan Taylor game. Maybe he's back. And then he went right back to disappointing. But uh, let's go ahead and move on to some more positive notes. Uh, this is definitely a fun one. This is our waiver wire ad of the year. And the nominees are... Jamal Williams, running back 15. Jeff Wilson, running back 29. Evan Engram, tight end 5. Justin Fields, quarterback 5. And Christian Watson, 
wide receiver 44, but that four-week stretch of touchdowns, though. I just feel like it's uh, – I don't know how to put this, not sound like a complete jerk, but it feels, it feels so weird to have Jeff Wilson and uh, Jamal Williams on this list. Like, I feel like they're completely, like, different. Like, Williams is was a guy, all the touchdowns. My only thing to him was you had to rely on the touchdowns. Um, I don't have the stats in front of me, but, like, I don't even know if he had a 100-yard rushing game all season which if he didn't that is incredible to finish qb1 or or running back 15 and if he did i mean it was probably only one and i can see george looking it up so while george looks up uh the jamal williams i will talk about christian watson he had two he's flashed me two and one of them was in week 17 so oh as a potential fantasy championship matchup um and i do love that we gave a shout out mainly because i said so to christian watson um dealt with a lot of injuries also part of the reason uh he missed a four-week stretch at one point and then bounced back with scoring uh eight touchdowns in weeks right from week 10 uh to week 13 and then he obviously he missed a game in week 14 or no that was their bye um not the best in the playoffs which sucked but he helped get you there uh it helped you turn around your team so shout out to him uh but Obviously, four weeks doesn't make the best ad out of money in fantasy. He's out here already counting out Christian Watson. We didn't even announce a winner. Um, Jeff Wilson was interesting because he was on our mid our mid season waiver wire ads ballot as a member of the 49ers, got traded to the Dolphins. He went from, you know, a backup to really, really good to getting traded and he was like counted out and then he was really 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 good for like three weeks and then he kind of disappeared again so like he was one of the more frustrating people on this list um but evan ingram has to get a little bit of extra love just because the tight end position was so bad and he was getting 16 targets some games and that's absolutely amazing because not even kelsey was doing that most of the time so watching the titans jags game (laughs) one of the most painful things the commentator never should have said was he said he asked the head coach if they're going to take Evan Ingram and move him to the wide receiver position because he basically is a wide receiver and he said on live TV that the head coach told him no because if I move him to wide receiver I have to pay him wide receiver money I like his skill set of only having to pay him tight end money why would you say that on TV what don't like it's true we all know it's true but like dude i mean th- this goes back to when Le'Veon bell was trying to be like i need to be paid for running back and receiver money like the position thing definitely is there uh and you can make the arguments but like don't don't say that the head coach flat out said that on tv that looks so crappy as a player i wouldn't want to go play for the jags now if i think they're going to manipulate to try to, about to have say. to pay me do you remember back to a couple of years ago when the NFLPA was like literally warning people to not go to the Jags because their front office was doing shady stuff and whatever? I'm imagining this happening again after that. But they, he would have gotten so many more fans if he said, no, I'm not going to move Evan Ingram to wide receiver because we need him at tight end in fantasy. Like, that's where I was hoping you were going with it because I didn't want it to be the bad one that you said. Uh, you know me. Hot takes guy just bringing the negativity. Mm-hmm. it'll be interesting because he signed a one-year 10 million dollar deal so he's a free agent so we'll see if they bring him back and what that looks like 
Yeah, after those comments, I'd have to be like, uh, wide receiver money, please. But enough digressing. And the winner of Waiver Wire Ad of the Year is Justin Fields. It's quarterback Justin Fields. Uh, look, Fields, it's not even because he, like, I don't know. He, he wasn't great all season long, but once you picked him up, he suddenly became a fantasy winner for you. Like I'm in a league where somebody was like, I have Kyler Murray. I'm just going to trade him. He means nothing to me. I got Justin Fields now. Like that's crazy. That's crazy to think, especially if you look at preseason, if you look at how the season started, uh, Fields still wasn't putting things through the air as much as we'd like to see from him, but he was so dynamic with his legs. I mean, he just, it was like when Lamar was in his rookie season, whoever picked up Lamar that season, you won. You won your league. It, it was that simple. Or his sophomore season, not his rookie season, I should say. Yeah. He had a stretch of six games where he scored at least one rushing touchdown in each of them. And his lowest score in that stretch was 20. He had two games over 39. Absolutely insane. And that's heading from week seven to week 13. They had a week 14 bye. He got people into the fantasy playoffs. He probably got people to the second round with his 23 points in week 15. Like, it wasn't the best ending, but it was also in a situation where Chicago was 100% tanking. Like, you could say that for a fact. And they ended up with the first overall pick. But Called it was a great ride for Justin Fields there for a while. All right. Let's go ahead and move on to the next award, which is – oh, I'm sorry. Getting word from the studio – that we have a surprise award to announce. Uh, unscripted. Here we go. The Fantasy Roller Coaster Award goes to Cam Akers. Cam Akers, congratulations for being eligible for all three of our first three categories. Uh, he was our biggest disappointment in the beginning of the year, uh, which caused him to get dropped. When he got picked up, he became the biggest surprise of the year in the second half because he was written off by the team and then suddenly became great. And because he was picked up by teams, he became one of the waiver wire ads of the year. So fantasy roller coaster award. Congratulations, Cam Akers. Yay, Cam Akers. He honestly wasn't super far off from getting a nomination for our next award either, which is fantasy playoff hero. Tyler, take it away. Spoiler. All right. <laughs> the Fantasy Playoff Hero Award and the nominees are Christian McCaffrey, 63.9 points. Jarek McKinnon, 61.6 points. George Kittle, 60.6 points. And Mike Evans, 43.7 points. All of those are, uh, well, 43.7 points in week 17. The other three are how many points they got in the entire playoffs. Those are our four. Um, the first one I want to talk about is George Kittle. Um, because George Kittle is a little extra sweet. Now, I know Jarek McKinnon was a waiver wire pickup. You could have thrown him in there in the waiver wire ads of the year as a potential there too. But George Kittle, I mean, we drafted him high. He, he was injured. We stashed him. He was out a little longer than we expected. And when he came back, he wasn't exactly who we thought he was. So the fact that, you know, you were still able to make the playoffs – even with George Kittle not performing up to the level that he was supposed to be. And then he goes and ends up winning people their fantasy championships or, or just at least winning them their fantasy playoff games. Uh, it makes it a little extra sweet because you waited on him for so long. Uh, plus, you know, 60.6 points in the playoffs. We talked about it how many times. I mean, you can have big points from a running back. You can have big points from a receiver. But from a tight end, 
Nobody else is getting those points. That gives you an automatic edge over whoever you're playing unless they have Kelsey. Um, so that's why I want to talk about George Kittle. I think it was amazing. Before I, before I talk about the guy, I want to mention, uh, just to let our listeners know, when you calculated the points, was that week 15, 16, and 17, or did you include week 18? 15, 16, 17. Awesome. Perfect. So, for example, the Mike Evans 43.7, that was under the assumption that he dropped that for you in a championship game, which is why I think Mike Evans had to go on there. He was number one in scoring out of every player in the championship round, and his number two was Tom Brady, which is why I was mentioning earlier. I hope you played Tom Brady in Week 17 because if you had that combo especially, you most likely won regardless of what happened in your fantasy championship. Shout out to DJ Moore for beating me in two different playoff games after doing nothing all year so thanks a lot dj moore awesome i just want to throw out one more name he's actually not guy that we nominated but we talked about him a little bit earlier uh he was nominated was uh devonta smith um looking back on it he had 15 or more points in each game of the fantasy playoffs had just under 60 points total still put up 10 points if you count week 18 uh had 14 and eight weeks prior to the playoffs, so just a guy that came on strong right at the end, and two of those games were with Gardner Minshew, so not even Jalen Hurts, so a guy that you probably debated because of the injury, uh, but stayed consistent, uh, but I think it's now time that, Snyder, you announce the winner. Alright, let me get out this blank card again, because I need a problem. Oh, please. <laughs> Alright, and the fantasy playoff hero award goes to it's George Kittle. It's the best George I know. That's what it is. George Kittle. Congratulations on fantasy playoff hero. Congrats. The best <laughs> George I know a little bit. Sorry. Yep. That, that's it. I mean, I, I can't match up to George Kittle. I can't even complain about that, that comparison, but especially at a position that nobody can get points at. I'd be lucky to put up point two as a tight end in fantasy. George Kittle putting up 20 a week in the fantasy playoffs. Dude, I got Tyler Lockett, Tyler Algier. I got Tyler Boyd. Like, there's so many good Tylers. I have no chance, so you're good. I got George Kittle and George Pickens. I'm coming on strong with George Pickens the next few years. George you got Fant. so many Tylers. <laughs> uh, offensive linemen don't score fantasy points, unfortunately, unless we want to give some points for pancakes. Do I not have a fantasy? Like, do I not have a good NFL player? Like, am I going to be sad about that now? I mean, is it Cody Hollister? Cody it is Cody 21? Hollister. He's terrible. Yeah, that's Cody what I'm Abercrombie saying. And Finch. George, I mean, you're also going against former defensive end for the Chiefs, George Karloftis. So, I mean, that's that's pretty tough. Uh, yeah, I don't really know if like, I mean, announce the next award. Why search this? Because I'm about to be distraught. I'm sorry, Cody. I don't know if there is one. There's um, Cody Markey. Like, <laughs> he's good at oh, hitting up friends. Congratulations, Cody. <laughs> Cody is not a name meant for football. I am sorry. Um, so the next award and the final award is the Fantasy MVP Award. We'll do it without Cody. Clearly, he's not good enough for football anyway, so we're, we're just going to leave him out. Um, so the Fantasy MVP Award... Uh, Let's just go ahead and jump right into our nominees. Our nominees are Patrick Mahomes, Austin Eckler, 
Justin Jefferson, Travis Kelsey, and Taysom Hill. All right, there's your fantasy MVP awards. Uh, there's your nominees. Taysom Hill is not a real nominee. No, that was sorry. Evan McPherson. Still not a real nominee. Um, it is worth noting that all four of these guys did finish number one at their position. Uh, shout out to my Justin Jefferson crew that stuck with me when I said he was going to be wide receiver one. And I was like, no, Cooper Cup. Yeah, Cooper Cup got injured, and Justin Jefferson still did that thing. Um, but according to uh, Field Yates, he put out a cool, interesting stat on Twitter, um, giving us the, the point differential between the number one and the number two guy. Uh, so Patrick Mahomes sits at 21.88 points. Uh, and I'm sorry, I'm going to don't know if this is half point PPR or full point PPR. He did not specify. Um, so Christian McCaffrey was second behind Austin Eckler at 16.34. Justin beat out Tyreek Hill by 21.46. And then Travis Kelsey beat out Mark Andrews at 100.9. Yes, a 100 point difference between tight end one and tight end two. Yeah, that's uh that's a little crazy. I mean, honestly, let's not even leave it up for discussion. Let's go ahead and jump to the cards here, guys. And your fantasy MVP award goes to it's shocking, it's shocking. I can believe this. Oh, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. It's Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey wins with fantasy the upset MVP. of the century. The card, the card has go. something on it. <laughs> yeah, I told you it did. It's magic. It's magic. Never mind, I'm not going to go in that far. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Travis Kelsey definitely deserves it, and I think there will be a lot of debate this offseason on how high do you take Travis Kelsey uh, next year in redrafts, and do you make a big push for him if you're a dynasty team, you know, a piece or two away? Uh, what's it going to take to get him? Uh, but I think that's conversation for the offseason, and this is random, but it re- – it, Involves the Chiefs, and the Chiefs signed John Ross. So, just want to throw that out there since we're talking about the Chiefs, and they're just get, they're just adding speed on speed on speed. So, uh, John Ross, I believe, is for like the practice squad, Matt. but but uh, he is going to be a Kansas City Chief. Chiefs, Bengals. I have John Ross Let's in have that every Madden league. I'm just saying, I sign him immediately as soon as I take over a Madden league. Guys, I'm going to throw out a random question here just to put you guys on the spot. Because I love watching you scramble and not know. And I'll answer you next week. Pick, you cannot answer next week. All right. One random shout out. Doesn't have to be like a snub or anything like that. Random shout out to any player not mentioned today in, a, in an award. I'll start it off to give you a little bit of time. Tony Pollard. This dude finishes running back seven. Uh, at, even though he's a backup running back to Ezekiel Elliott and Zeke played pretty much the whole year, the dude was drafted in mid to late rounds. I mean, we still expected Pollard to be the more talented running back or maybe the more explosive running back. But either way, shout out to Tony Pollard. That's my guy uh, that I want to give an announcement to. Whenever you guys get one, random player that you just want to give a shout out to, not mentioned today. Um. Okay, I'll go out there and throw out Nick Chubb. Um, cause he's somebody that was slipping down a lot of draft boards because of the uncertainty in, you know, Cleveland. And we didn't know I was going to do the first half with the quarterback situation. And were they going to go away from the run when Deshaun Watson came in and he still finished as a top 20 player and running back six. So, I mean, he proved that he still should be a first round pick next year. We'll see how he ends up falling on our way too early rankings and beyond, but yeah, shout out to Nick Chubb. 
All right. Well, I kind of feel like a jerk because I'm going to take this in a different direction and go with Deontay Johnson. Uh, more leaning towards the disappointment, but I do want to give him a shout out to becoming uh, the player it, the most in NFL history is the player with the most catches in a single season without scoring a touchdown, pulling in 86 catches, no touchdown. Good news is he's still a guy that you might want to look at next year, another year, Kenny Pickett, a guy that was still involved, and hopefully that touchdown uh, go back more towards the mean and he finds the end zone in 2023. Maybe he'll be like Miles Sanders this year where he went from zero to probably scoring more than he should have. And if that's the case, could be the biggest sleeper of the draft next year. Maybe. Could be. All right. I think that wraps up our end of year awards episode. So thank you guys for listening in one more time to the Caps GMs podcast. Make sure you get involved. Make sure you tell us who you think you would have put as our fantasy MVP. Was there somebody we forgot to mention that should have been fantasy playoff here or whatever it is. Let us know on social media who you would have had winning these awards. And we're going to be back here later this week to break down the first round of the playoffs and start looking at our fantasy playoff challenge lineups make sure you check us out later in the week for tyler snyder and cody roadcap i'm george kurth and we will see you on friday boom it's travis kelsey it's travis kelsey fantasy mvp